Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Everybody, this is Stan Wangland, and I'm one of your adorable co-hosts, along with Paul James Caden on the People Under the Stairs. And my goodness gracious, we have a holiday show for you today—a holiday season, a Christmas show, a Hanukkah show, whatever you'd like to call it, you know. But it's uh, Paul and I. I had a wonderful experience the, the other day. And I mean, literally just the other day, it was uh, a birthday present to me from Paul and his wife, to my wife and myself. And they took me and my wife and themselves to see a live production of A Christmas Carol. My goodness gracious, if you've heard me before on the air on any show that I do, and including this one, you know that that's my favorite book of all time by Charles Dickens. I think it's the most profound thing ever. It's a great tale, and it's, it's so much more. And uh, I discussed that with Paul today. I said, "Gee, you know, we should do a show on that." We had plans for another show, but I said, "Let's do the show on a, a Christmas Carol," because I usually do one on my uh, other thing. And I thought it'd be nice to do with Paul, and he heartily agreed. Uh, after saying, "Bah, humbug." <laughs> So here he is, the spirit. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be the spirit of Scrooge. I claim that one for this because it's my favorite. And here is the spirit of Marley's ghost. Your pal, my pal, Paul James Caden. Hey, Paul. That's right. I'm here. And uh, when people ask me if I know anything about a Christmas Carol. Uh, I say yes. It's damn fascinating. I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's using that inside joke again about the guy knew from England or Wales. <laughs> That's all he ever said. Yes, many questions. He says it's damn fascinating. <laughs> no matter what it was, Einstein could come back from the past and explain to him theories of beyond relativity oh yeah i know all about that it's damn fascinating it's damn fascinating that's well that's true <laughs> that's true so paul do you uh, i know you told me privately but now i want you to fess up and own up to the to the to our podcasting fans which are getting to be quite considerable i understand uh you know so we we owe them a responsibility to to um to turn out a a, a better quality work than we've been doing 
But uh, do, do you think that the Christmas Carol, uh, you know, as a book, um, uh, you know, as a play, as an idea, do you think it's as important as I make it out to be, honestly? I do, and I, I agree with you, you know, ever since I was a kid. And, you know, I saw all the different renditions on TV at Christmas time, the, the cartoons, the live movies, even uh, silly little ones like Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol and all that type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always found it to be very profound. Maybe I didn't understand quite why when I was a kid, but, you know, going to that play last night, when you look at some of the dialogue between scrooge and marley things about uh you know when jacob marley was alive and Mm -hmm. he he put so much emphasis on you know his work and money as you know scrooge does uh still being alive on the earth and he said you know uh, you know his uh his work uh you know his his um his job you know it, it was just one small part of this larger scheme you know that Mm-hmm. mankind mankind was his business you know and you look at some of that dialogue between scrooge and marley and the other uh, ghosts it, it really is very wise very profound and I, I, mm-hmm. I think just like you it's it's like words of the bible or words of the buddha that just you know whatever charles dickinson tapped into at that time it, it can just resonate throughout the ages it was true then it's true now it will be true for all of us you know far into the future i I think it's a very important story and i think people should watch it and and not just look at it as a christmas tradition or you know movie they're watching this time of year but really pay attention to to the dialogue because it really is uh very philosophically and spiritually deep morally deep and I think those lessons that Scrooge learns throughout the story are things that we should all live by and, and we can all learn from that character's experience. So, yeah, very important piece of literature, very important story. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Uh, you know, people say that sometimes and, and something, you know, really isn't timeless. You know, there are certain stories, um, you know, that I could, you know, certain very famous novels and books and things that I read as a kid. Uh, in the 50s and 60s. And, uh, you know, they were considered to be a must reading and they're not anymore, uh, you know, because other works have come along or the ideas have fallen out of favor. But I find every single word, and I literally mean every single word, uh, you know, in the, the book of A Christmas Carol is just as meaningful today as it was when it was written in, I don't know, 1842 or 1862. I think it was 1842. I'm not quite sure. I should know that. I'm such a, a maniac about that. But the uh, it, it's, you know, whether it's setting the tone for some of the customs that people had during the, you know, during that period of time, or just the uh, concepts of humanity and decency and proper behavior and perspective on the world. Um, it's, it, it really is, it, it really, no kidding around, is timeless. And it's, you know, when you, when you watch or read or listen to um, A Christmas Carol, the, the presentation of it, it's like, it's like playing three-dimensional chess, you know? You've got the story and then you've got the lesson and then you've got how you relate to it and uh, how it relates to your point in time in the, in the world. It, it's got lots of different levels that you can, um, you know, look at that, uh, you know, story on. And, you know, believe it or not, uh, you know, we do this show on the paranormal and other things. It also has a lot to do really with the role of the paranormal and spirits and, uh, you know, guides from the beyond uh, and things like that. And uh, I never realized that until doing this show that uh, what was very, very popular, uh, and it's kind of nice doing this for our uh, holiday show because we can do it on a, on a number of levels. Uh, what was very popular during, during these times, these, you know, uh, these times in England, uh, uh, was the Christmas uh, ghost stories were very popular. Stories about spirits, uh, you know, spooking people out, 
doing all those kinds of things, uh, you know, were were the thing to do, which I don't think people do that, you know, today other than watching a, a Christmas Carol. You know, they're not looking to see spooky movies for Christmas unless it's a science fiction picture. And uh, did you know that, Paul? Did, did you know that that was a big deal, um, a big part of the uh, Christmas rituals to, you know, tell these uh, spook stories and uh, scary stories and haunting stories and spirit stories and scare the bejesus out of people? I, I didn't at one time. I, I think I mentioned this. I don't know if it was in a conversation or on a, a previous podcast a ways back. It was the the Andy Williams story, the most wonderful time of the year with that. He yes. has that line, no scary ghost stories and et cetera, right. et cetera. And I always said to myself that that's an interesting line for, uh, uh, you know, uh, a Christmas song. Is he just referring to Scrooge or and, and it actually spurred me to do a little bit of research and uh, to find just that. Yeah, they the old days, it was like sitting around the fireplace or the kerosene lamp and spinning uh, scary stories of, you know, hol- it was a holiday holiday tradition. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, you know, there's um, uh, I always get out uh, this time of the year, probably about a month before, I'll always go over to my local library and they have a holiday section. And then I'll take out a, a whole number of I mean, you, I can look this up online, but it's so much more fun getting the books, at least for me. I'll go over and you know find all these different books on uh, the holidays and the origins of Christmas and everything. I, I can't even keep up with it because there are so many. So many spinoffs from pagan um, you know, rituals that are connected to Christmas, uh, you know, uh, to religious things. Uh, you know, Martin Luther supposedly was looking out at fir trees one night. And, you know, you have Father Christmas and then you have, um, the, you know, Christmas beasts that would come down and, uh, you know, eat mm. the children up and uh, all these other kind of things. Um, and, and you see some of those elements in the in the ghosts of the uh, Christmas past and present and and the future in uh, a Christmas Carol, you see some of those traditions in there, and they they have a, almost like a that ghost perspective to them, and and then then also almost like a religious uh, or spiritual guide kind of. Well, they are spiritual guides, mm-hmm. uh, you know, almost like an angelic kind of a thing. You know, what do you mm-hmm. think, Paul? Do you think that the ghosts of, of Christmas past and present and whatever are are more like angels? Angelic. Yeah, I, I always I always looked at it uh, for me, the ghost of Christmas present or the Christmas past. She was always like just that, you know, the 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 spirit guide showing the past. She was kind of angelic, uh, the ghost of Christmas present. Um, he, he was a little more uh, Saint Nick, uh, Santa Claus, like just the way his look with the beard. Yes. The, the yes. wreath of holly. So he he took on the very uh, Saint Nick, Santa Claus kind of personification. Even though toward the end he was a little bit darker with the uh, the ignorance and one under ah, his yes. rope. You know, uh, the um, the ghost of Christmas future. Uh, I always looked at as kind of being uh, kind of Grim Reaper esque. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because he was. You know, he was bringing the the visions of uh, of death. You know, Scrooge's death, Tiny Tim. You know, he he was showing things that were not not very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, there's there's also you can. Uh, it, it's not to like get this into a big religious religious thing, but it's um, it, it's also like the the spirits are almost like um, beside they're almost like prophets. You know, as well, you know, for for Scrooge and, and, and things like that. There's a tremendous amount of um, of Christianity, obviously, in there. I know that, you know, people say, well, it's a Christmas carol. Of course, it's about, you know, the birth of Christ, and blah, 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 blah. But the very, very clear cut values uh, that you see in, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. I mean, in particular, you know, there's, it, it's all the behaviors that are being described are, are, are pretty much uh, pretty much Christian commandments that are there that that people don't follow, uh, you know, routinely or they uh, they twist and turn around. I thought it would, I thought it's was the it's very relevant. Like when you look at today or look at other parts of history, 
particularly when you ask people, you say, hey, you know, you have these, these poor population, these refugees are coming here, and you'll always see the same thing. You'll have a huge number of people say, hey, you know, we have to take care of our own people first. You can't do this, or I pay taxes already. They're, you know, that money has to come from their own country. You know what I'm trying to say, Paul. That kind yeah. of stuff, they're always shuffling it off. And in A Christmas Carol, you know, this is where, uh, you know, Scrooge is saying, uh, aren't there any workhouses? Aren't there are the poor houses there? Are, you know, the treadmill still there? Are all these awful institutions, st- you know, still there? And it's the same thing that you see today. It's the same thing that you see today in our world. And, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's it's chapter and verse. <clears throat> You know, what what reaction did you see? And I love to see it because uh, you see it when when you, you, I saw it at the play last night. You see it when people are in school and they have to you know watch a movie on this or something, or you know there, there's a school play on this, and you know uh, you know it, it's one of those things you, you seldom don't see people bored or anything else with a Christmas carol. But what did you see on the faces and reactions of all the people who were there the other night? You know, the the thing I saw first and foremost from the actors on the stage to the audience member was just happiness. Everybody was smiling. Yes. Everybody everybody was, you know, laughing at the, the more comical parts. They applauded uh, you know, the, the songs when they were performed, uh, and, and even some of the, uh, the more profound statements. So, you know, I, I really think, you know, first and foremost, again, was just happiness. Everybody was enjoying yes. just being there, you know, in that moment, watching that story. But mm-hmm. I also noticed that people were, 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 they were, they were very concentrated on it. I, I thought the performers really drew the audience into that, old-fashioned, imaginary storytelling uh, kind of way of presenting a, a play. And uh, I, I thought everybody was just really involved. I, I, I think if nothing else, the message of that story really got to each and every person there in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. I saw that it, uh, I saw that at the, um, at the end. Uh, when people were singing um, whatever that Christmas song is, I, I'm just blocking the name of it. You know, "Glad Tidings to You." We uh, wish you a merry Christmas. Yeah, I wish you a merry Christmas. Uh, and uh, you know, they sing the song. I couldn't wait to jump in on that, and neither could the other 300 or so pl- people who were there mm-hmm. in the playhouse. There wasn't a person uh, that I could see who was not singing. Would you agree with that? I would. And yeah, it didn't take anybody. Yeah, it didn't take anybody to say, come on, let's sing along. You know, it, it didn't take that. Everybody wanted to be um, in on that. Uh, y- you know, for for the people under the stairs, when we talk about the, you know, extrasensory perception and the paranormal and consciousness and awareness and what, are, you know, are you perceiving things correctly or what kind of vibes are you giving out or remote viewing or influencing behaviors or whatever? It's amazing what uh, deep and profound uh, thoughts and visions and visuals and uh, scenes, it's amazing the effect it will have on large numbers of people. Uh, you know, you and anybody knows that, you know, uh, whether you're at a Trump rally and they're, they're riling you up or you're at a, a beautiful religious ceremony or, or some ceremony or a military retirement or something, whatever you can think of, a graduation thing or a wedding, people are crying their eyes out uh, or prouder than hell. Uh, this was definitely one of them. The power, the 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 spiritual power. Uh, the whatever thoughts are being projected or emanated uh, out there, man, uh, it reminds me of uh, of that statement, actually a biblical one, where it says, you know, the one log doesn't burn brightly. Mm-hmm. Boy, when you have more than one log ready to burst into a healthy flame, you 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 get a blaze. 
And, uh, you know, that's what, you know, that's what a Christmas Carol at least, you know, does to me. And I I was really glad, amazed to see that it was to everybody else, including the performers. It was, you know, they, they really put uh, their heart and soul into that performance. You could tell Mm -hmm. they, they loved what they were doing. They, they put a lot of work, a lot of heart into that performance. And uh, I just think their their enthusiasm for the story and for their performances, uh, it, it really did, uh, I think, influence and touch everybody there because it was a very enthusiastic crowd. Yeah, everybody was definitely involved in that moment. And it, it does show the power of thoughts and words or the moods that we project in a crowd or toward other people. And I, I hope some people listening to our show will will think about that and where they uh, what they choose to expose themselves to, because there's so much unhealthy out there. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're talking about the, the, the political rallies, the political cutthroat, you know, uh, debates that go on. It's it's so ridiculous. And, you know, with my other show, The Spirit Side and the community I'm kind of involved in there and people that I know of. And, and I harp on this, uh, you know, maybe a little too much, but you, you see so many of these, you know, so very negative uh, religious podcasts or video channels on a platform like YouTube and, and people just flock to it. And, and, and what they're getting is not psychologically healthy or, spiritually healthy and and then you see in some of these comments that they're 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 taking this mental and spiritual poison to their families oh yeah i showed this video to my family oh i had a big argument with my wife or my son last night about this and you know after seeing this video and it's not i think we have to be really careful what we expose ourselves to who we choose to listen to you know there, there, there's a lot of crap, a lot of poison out there in, in the mm-hmm. world right now. And uh, I think too many people are willingly drinking from that well. And, you know, just a little side note, you know, seeing how that uh, the happiness and the the joy and the, the profoundness of that little performance last night touched all those people and everyone la- left, you know, smiling and greeting one another and talking to one another Mm -hmm. people that Mm -hmm. didn't even know one another you know that's that's a real lesson for for all of us to take from you know that performance and you know the story of a christmas carol yeah it sure is and you know whether it's uh the the lessons in there are 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 worthy uh you know for for taking a few minutes on the show today to maybe pointing them out to ourselves and to you for, you know, for you folks listening to the show to think about them. Uh, there's, there's lots of points in there that you may not think about. Uh, the, the one beautiful one on a Christmas Carol, uh, when you see Marley's ghost and he comes and he has the chains and he says that I forged those chains one link at a time. And he reminds Scrooge, he says, yours was as heavy as mine seven years ago. Think of how much hard work you've put into those chains, uh, each link in those chains that, you know, that uh, caring about people, doing the right thing. It talks about the responsibilities of business uh, to their employees when you when you see with Fezziwig, you know, and you mm. see where the ghost is saying, how much did it cost him? A few pounds? And, and you know, everybody was so happy and so wonderful. Everything was fair. Nobody was trying to jip each other or do, you know, do a miserly thing towards one, you know, towards one another. The end of the uh, of the story, when people think that Scrooge has gone mad, they don't have every line from the uh, book in there. But it's my favorite. I often say that to people when I've when I've had an insight on something. Scrooge says he hasn't lost his mind. He hasn't lost his senses. He's come to them. You know, there's a real uh, lesson for that. That's the number one lesson in Scrooge for me 
and for all of you folks out there on People Under the Stairs, because we, we you know, of course, we send our holiday love to you, our Christmas love to you, our seasonal love to you, uh, and best wishes for you. But, you know, we all do bad things. We all make mistakes. We all hurt other people's feelings. Uh, we all can go down uh, the wrong road for a long time. And you know what the message of A Christmas Carol is? And it's not just to me. It's, it's the message, to be sure. The ultimate message. Scrooge is an old man. He's given up a lot. He's given up his youth. He's given up his middle age to all of his bad behaviors. He's, you know, given up his friendships. Uh, he even gave up the love of his life, a woman. Mm-hmm. I was married to somebody else and here he is childless and everything else like that. And uh, a lot of us would say, hey, what's the use of starting over? A Christmas Carol is about redemption. And that's a wonderful thing. And people don't think about that enough. They don't think about redemption is that you can do that two minutes before your life ends. You can redeem yourself. You can decide to change. You can take a new path. And uh, it's really, really never too late. It's never too too late to redeem yourself. And, and that's what Scrooge shows. A lot of people think that they say, don't be like a Scrooge. I, I would say to people, be like a Scrooge. Scrooge isn't a loser. Scrooge is a winner. Because he learns from his mistakes. Uh, you know, they're big mistakes. And he's paid a heavy price. But what he gets from it, I mean, what do they say in, in, in the end of, the, of A Christmas Carol? That uh, people might laugh at him, but he didn't care. That people said when he passed away, no one, but no one knew how to celebrate Christmas like Scrooge and knew how to mm-hmm. take his fellow man. And he would have never gotten there unless he made the mistakes that he did and decided to redeem himself and change his behaviors. And uh, I don't know. I think that's a I think that's a great message for our show because it's um for the people under steers talks about all kinds of things the paranormal the things going on in the world you know being monitored by artificial intelligence weird things that go on and a lot of those things are creating a society of people being totally disconnected and at each other and it, you know it really appears to be hopeless but uh, you know once you decide that you don't want to do that anymore and I don't want to do that anymore. And people don't want to do that anymore. You know, cultures can redeem themselves just like people. And they have. They do. And I think that's a, a, a big lesson from the from the book and from the play. And that's why people felt so good. They were connected with one another. They weren't seeing this on uh, a streaming video. They weren't, uh, you know, uh, getting secondhand information. They didn't have a pair of earbuds in. All the phones were down. They were. This could have been a, a, a play 3,000 years ago, you know? And people jumping around and doing the same thing. It was people with other people. And it was a beautiful experience. So well, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny you talk about Scrooge uh, redeeming himself when you look uh, at that character. And we talked about uh, earlier, you know, how that story is is timeless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you talked on your other show, Just Thinking, and we talked about it uh, the other day when I was a guest on there mm-hmm. uh, about people about people today that they have these traditions of uh, renting a car. Or what is it in China where they... Oh, in Japan. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where, where, where they don't actually drive it. They just want to sit alone in the car and yes. eat their lunch and then... You have these traditions of um, you know, that are coming out of people that want to dine alone and do all these things alone, mm-hmm. and millennials that uh, you know that they, they don't really want to think about family or the future. It's all about their money and their four hundred one and all that. You know how how much people are a perseverated on material gain in this day yes. and age. Uh, number two how isolated they are from other people. Yes. And three, how critical and miserable they are. Look at these idiots. Look at, you know, just like Scrooge always saying, you know, you know, people are pathetic creatures. You know, they say Merry Christmas, but the rest of the year they're, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're they're so rotten and terrible. So Mm -hmm. 
everything that we see in Ebenezer Scrooge before his redemption really reflects the attitude of of many countries and societies right here in 2019 going into 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say it's definitely time for some redemption. And as much as we talk about the paranormal on this show, uh, one thing that we don't realize, you know, getting a little bit uh, philosophical here, uh, most of us aren't going to be visited by three ghosts or an angel or a spirit. But we don't realize that all of us have what all of the religions and uh, spiritual paths call the still small voice. Mm-hmm. It's always speaking to us. I, I heard someone say once, you know, that that guy who is going to a convenience store or a gas station to hold the place up and he ends up shooting the clerk, you know, and killing the clerk behind the counter to get the money out of the cash register. Um, How many times did that person hear that still small voice within on his way to the gas station that said, don't do this. This is wrong. Turn Mm -hmm. around and go home. There's a better way, but he chose to ignore it. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter who we are. We all have that, that inner voice, that still small voice, that voice of, uh, you know, our conscience. And that can be, you know, the spirit or the three ghosts that visit each and every one of us every day or this holiday season. That's probably telling all of us in this screwed up world right now, Hey, it's time to turn it around. Stop hating one another. Stop being that way. Stop thinking that way, you know? So maybe it's time to, tune in to what's going on within us because uh, many religions and and spiritual paths teach that that's how God or spirit or the universe talks to us is through the intuition, our conscience, those little thoughts that come to us out of nowhere. It's the inner compass. And uh, maybe we should all start following that a little better into the new year and let it be our ghost of Christmas present, past or future. And start turning our lives around. Yeah, that's, that's that certainly is the message there. And if you want a modern one, uh, you know, or much more modern than that, I've often said to people, you know, and there, there are exceptions to the rule, but man, there's no atheist in a foxhole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's no, an old saying. Sure. That, that that's an old saying, but I, I found that to be mostly true. You know. It's, uh, you know, think of what happens and people say, well, that's just a normal reaction. You get scared. You know, you're looking for a genie. You're looking for the, you know, you're, um, uh, you know, a Christmas Carol is, is, is uh, again, telling you about that connection to mankind. Mankind is your business. A higher power is your business. The world is your business. And, you know, it makes a very, um, when you mentioned the ghost of Christmas present, Paul, that was so poignant last night uh, because I was thinking of all the funding that gets cut to education nowadays and all mm. the politicians and businesses that are they try to cut benefits from their employees and, uh, you know, they try and jip them out of uh, their pensions. They try and reduce their you know insurance companies, reducing health care coverages. And um, pharmaceutical, con- you know, companies jacking up costs on people. And, you know, when the ghost of Christmas present talks about fear, rather ignorance and want, he doesn't say that where he's saying, look at these poor people with ignorance and want. He is admonishing Scrooge and mm-hmm. saying, you best be fearful of these two children. Ignorance and want. Because those are the people who are going to create all the strife in the world and come back right on you because you've created a, 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 an ignorant world full of want and uh, unfairness and non-loving and disconnection and uh, ill-gotten gains from these people. And, you know, Dickens was spot on, uh, you know, when, with, with what he was writing. And what people forget in the historical Reference of that just less than 50 years before this was written, there was a little thing in France, which is pretty darn close to England and had a very big impact on England. It was called the French Revolution. 
And uh, people in Europe were scared to death over it afterwards, because with the nobility, as you well know, Paul, and I know all, I, I would hope most of the people listening to the show know, what happened to all the people who held, held money and power and influence? Well, off with their heads. Mm-hmm. And Dickens wrote about that in A Tale of Two Cities. So there, there was a big warning in there to people as well. There was a real warning to people and say, there's a cost, not only in, in the afterlife, but there's, there's a cost in this life, you know, for people. So it's a marvelous, 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 um, you know, book. It's a marvelous movie to watch. It's a marvelous play to see on, if you get a chance to see some type of a Christmas play, a spinoff on that. And, uh, it's really important on a lot of levels, and uh, it gets into the paranormal, I guess, uh, Victorian-like. Uh, it does. It certainly yeah. does. You know? You talked about your spirit guide, kind of, uh, or your, you know, with Sarah Paul and the, the three-part episode, and, and, and this is kind of a similar thing for Scrooge. When you stop and think about it. Other people out there, you know, you, I, Paul, I think you do uh, angelic counseling or you, you work with people who do angelic readings and things like that. It's very similar to that, isn't it, in many ways? It is, and, and sometimes the things that come through that I wouldn't really have any uh, knowledge in knowing, and that the person never really said anything about, it just kind of blows them away, and they find it so profound and, and you know when there's that moment where, uh, to me, it's 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 like that higher power or something that's just giving you a little heads up about something that needs to be talked about or touched on that maybe the the person didn't mention. And it's it's just like that moment in the Christmas Carol once you you mention that and say, you know, I'm kind of you know getting this feeling that you know there's this or uh, I see this. Uh, like this person around you that keeps using this phrase over and over, you know, that's uh, really bothersome or this habit. And and that's when you really connect with the person one-on-one mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it becomes talking like, you know, friends, brothers, brother and sister, rather than, um, you know, reader, counselor, client. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's to me what that kind of work is all about when you really, connect and there's that something other factor that that comes into play and you know the person just walks away uh, feeling like they really took some something from this uh, they want to change they want to redeem some part of their life and you know i walk away just feeling like man we we are two really lucky people to have had that time together and you know, me being able to help the person, you know, them feeling better. It's, it's mm-hmm. a great feeling. And, and, and it is, it's, it's much like, you know, we're visited by uh, something, you know, presence of God, angels, wh- whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Well, I know what I would encourage people to do based on that. And it's kind of like lucid dreaming, but, uh, I would encourage people this holiday season, if you if if you like this idea about Scrooge, or if you if you like the a Christmas Carol, if you like things like that, I would say specifically it's Christmas Carol. Get a version that you like. I like the Alice to Sim version. There's one with Seymour Hicks. There's another one uh, that's out there. Um, oh, I forget what the name of the actor is. I should know that. I know all of them, but. Um, I'm blocking because, of course, I'm doing a podcasting on that, but uh, it's the one with uh, Gene. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, it doesn't make any difference. There's a third one, too, and there's ones with George C. Scott, and, you know, there's musicals. Jim Carrey does one for Disney. But I would take one of the traditional black and white ones, and uh, I would watch it, uh, you know, in the nighttime, when it's cold outside or it's dark or some stormy or something, something eerie. And then I would get real comfortable. I would make sure that I've had plenty to eat and drink or feel good and nice and relaxed. And I would go to bed. And before I go to bed and wanted to go to sleep, I would tell myself, let's, I hope I have a dream to try and make yourself have a dream to do some lucid dreaming and ask 
or pretend in your dream or try in your dream to get in touch with your own version of the ghost of Christmas past, present, in the future. And when you wake up, have a little journal or piece of paper and and uh, see what happened in the dream. I don't know if that sounds like a good idea to you, Paul, but I think it would be a great experiment, something fun to do during uh, the holiday time and see if, uh, if in your unconscious mind or out there in the... Uh, in the uh, spirit world, you're making a connection with something that you need to be connected with. And, you know, what is it? What is it? And you have the new year coming along. Maybe you can sit and have an interesting time in choosing to act on some of those things and make one of those uh, those uh, Christmas uh, carol-like changes in your life. It might be a lot of fun to do that. It doesn't have to be anything profound. It doesn't have to be anything um, you know, crazy or anything else like that. I, I bet you there's a number of you, if you, if you did that, you'd have a really fun experience with it. Something would pop out of your dream, you know? Yeah, I, I, I would give it a try. But for me, uh, I could speak for the next week and a half on a Christmas carol, but I think I've said everything I want to say on this particular show about it. Uh, and I want to thank Paul and his lovely wife for uh, treating my wife and I to a wonderful gift for the holidays and taking us to see that uh, wonderful play. It was wonderful to be there with them and everybody else. And once again, whether I see that on TV and get a, a big rush of something wonderful and a, and a good vibe in person, it was a, a thousand times more powerful. So, Paul, do you have any other closing thoughts on this? Well, I would say that it was, uh, you know, a really nice night. The story of A Christmas Carol was, uh, you know, as we said, is timeless. It has many lessons. But before we go, let, let's address the issue of Stan's car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> holy crap. That's like squeezing four adults into a saltine box. You know, if I set if I set up straight, my, my neck will be my chin will be to my chest. I can't even set up straight. <laughs> what were you stand for the people out there? What were you thinking when you bought that car? <laughs> it's very comfortable for me, man. You know, I, I, I had a RAV4 and, uh, you know, I, I love Toyotas and I have actually had a Toyota Camry, and this is a Toyota Corolla, it's a sport edition with a moonroof and everything else like that. I love it. It works for me. But Paul, you're a bigger guy than I am. You know, you uh, you 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 know you don't like um, you know that that was a that was a little bit of a tight fit on you. I have to admit that. I mean, I had a heck of a time driving home with your elbow in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, width-wise, uh, tall-wise, uh, even to get in the car, I have to uh, dislocate my own neck just to fit my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's... Uh... Well, it doesn't up. give it doesn't give me and my my wife any problem whatsoever. But, <laughs> but but you're a bigger guy than I am, you know. You're a bigger, burlier guy than I am, and uh, you know that that was a that that was a little bit much for you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it certainly was, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to just make a quick, uh, uh, um, to find some kind of a remark <laughs> from a Christmas carol that's appropriate, but I can't think of one. <laughs> there's gotta be a line in there someplace, well, well, but I can't find it. Well, here's one. Mankind is your business. Don't I was just thinking that's that. the only one. Man, <laughs> it's my business. Size is my business. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and but uh, yeah, that was a tight squeeze. And then there was a tight squeeze in the dinner theater. That that was. Uh, I was sitting next next to a little old lady, and uh, I was. She was kind of half in my lap, and I was kind of half in hers. You know. <laughs> I did notice something, though, just one funny story that you made me remember with Mankind is My Business. I saw many people during the play calling out the lines. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I do that all the time. Your wife well, often says, she says, Stan has to audition for that because I know every line in the, in the movie, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. but uh, my Lord, uh, so do a lot of other crazy nuts there. But I don't sit there, you know, talking, talking them through as the place. <laughs> I thought it was charming, though. Uh, you, for those of you who think that maybe I've talked too much about a Christmas Carol or raving too much, I do have to tell you, I am not the only one as that song goes. Uh, they were taking polls there last night where they come and say, how many of you have seen the play 10 times? And I would say half the audience. How many of you have seen the play Christmas Carol 20 times? I would say there was a quarter of the audience. So it certainly taps into a nerve in a great way. With a bunch of people. I mean, you know, it's like, if I would, you like I, would the, I would definitely like to go every year. I think we should make it a tradition. Absolutely. It's the first thing Ramona said. Just telling all uh, the, uh, the family. Wants to go with the whole family. I, I would agree. It's a lot well, of, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take our car next time. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. And, and I should tell everybody, uh, you know, that uh, here we are, we're running, uh, you know, right at the, right to the minute to supposedly get here when the doors open. And uh, what does Paul want to do? He wants to stop at Walgreens to buy a manger. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was bullshitting me. I I told these people a couple times I want to leave a little early. Did they listen? Nope. Nope. (laughs) No, I thought you were kidding. You know, the the story for the people out there are the uh, local Rite Aid uh, converted into a Walgreens mm-hmm. and uh, Rite Aid for uh, the last X amount of years uh, sold these nice little uh, things at Christmas. They're they're made of plastic, but they're clear. They look like glass, and you know they they light up with LED lights. And um, I saw one a couple years ago uh, that that was you know the the manger scene. But when you turned it on, it, it played music, and I didn't think you could shut the music off. And I had just found out this year that you could. So I said, well, well hey, I, I didn't know you could shut the music off on those ones that play the music. So I want to I get the manger. And I, and I think with uh, Walgreens uh, taking over Rite Aid, I think they're going to be discontinued because a lot of the Christmas things that were there just before they converted to Rite Aid were... Uh, discounted or just a few on the shelf, like they weren't uh, restocking. And uh, so I said, I, I'd like to grab one of those before, you know, it's gone. And then they they probably are not going to, you know, restock these kind of things next year being Walgreens. And uh, by golly, we went to Walgreens last night and it was the last one, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's in my office right now, reminding me of Christ our Lord. <laughs> And who took you there in the car? I did. I got you there on time. Well, speaking about time, ladies and gentlemen, our producer is going to kill us uh, for chitter-chattering on here about uh, Walgreens and Rite Aid and the size of my car and all those other kind of things. But uh, we certainly hope that you enjoyed the show today. And it's it's good for us all to see the real side of us. And, And this is the real side of Paul and Stan. And uh, I'm just going to say for myself, and I'm sure Paul will have some something quick to say. I, I really, God bless on the holiday season, no matter who you are, what you are, what your beliefs are, whatever. I'm sending, my family sending their best to all of you. And thank you for listening to the show. I hope you and your family, your loved ones, wherever you are in the world, I hope that you are safe and sound. And uh, this coming new year. Uh, finds you, your country, your community, your family uh, in a better state than it was last year and good health and and safety and all those good things to you. Thanks for listening uh, to the show. And uh, we'll have something spooky or crazy or weird next time. Uh, but for this show, our holiday show, again, we send our love and blessings out to all of you out there. And we'll catch you soon on another show. Anything from you, Paul? Nope. I just uh, mirror your your sentiments and well wishes. And, uh, you know, I want to tell everybody out there, no matter what ho- holiday you celebrate, uh, make it one of uh, love and joy and happiness. Don't, 
don't buy into this nonsense everybody else is. Oh, you know, I want you to say happy holidays because I don't, so, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know. Uh, not so very long ago in the early mid-90s, if we said Merry Christmas, you know, I worked in uh, retail at the time. I said Merry Christmas to people. And, oh, no, I'm, I'm Jewish. I I celebrate, uh, um, you know, Hanukkah. You know, a couple of people said, well, I don't really do Christmas, but I, I do Kwanzaa, you know, and, and, and we talk about the holidays. Nobody got offended. You know, it was it was a learning experience just talking to one another about what it was and how we celebrated with our families. And, you know, you shook hands and you, you went your, your separate ways, you know, make it a time of joy and brotherly love, not this political correctness, always looking for something to be offended over. That's that's not what it's all about. Bring bring the joy and the love back into your holidays. And uh, I think you'll be really glad that you did. That's my spiel. <laughs> well, thank you. And with that, we will catch you next time, folks, on The People Under the Stairs. So long. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wanglin. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com. That's at swangland at gmail.com. And please continue to check out all the new episodes of The People Under the Stairs every Wednesday and every Sunday on the Reality Check Podcast Network. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side. Available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there.